God. So God, we're not thanking you to get anything. We're thanking you for what we already have. We honor you in this place, God. Glory to your name. So Father God, on today, God, I speak that your people hearts are open and receptive, God, to receive your word on today. God, I thank you for sanctifying them in truth, for your word is truth. I thank you that your word is a lamp under our feet and a light unto our path. And I thank you that the entrance of the word today will give understanding. It will give light even unto the simple. God, I thank you, God, that your word will not come back today void or empty. But it will go out and accomplish that which you please and prosper in the thing that you have sent it to do. God, I thank you that your covenant will you not break nor alter the things that have gone out of your lips on today, God. God, I thank you, Father God, that you are God today and not man that you shall lie, neither the Son of Man that you shall repent. God, have you not spoken it and shall you not make it good, God? So I thank you, Father God, that everything that you have spoken unto us today shall be made good, God. I thank you, Father God, for the risen Savior, God. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that sanctified us, that justified us. I thank you that the blood reconciled us, the blood redeemed us, God. So I thank you for the blood of Jesus right now. So, God, I plead the blood in the name of Jesus. I don't plead the blood, God, to get anything. I plead the blood for what the blood has already done. God, we thank you, and we praise, praise you for the blood of the Lamb. Now, God, I thank you that every need in this place has already been met. I thank you that healing is in this place, and I command healing right now from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. God, I thank you for the wave of healing going across the room in the name of Jesus. I speak that every tissue, every organ, every cell, every gland, every vital sign, every muscle, tendon, bone, and joint, and marrow in our bodies, I command you in the name of Jesus to be healed and to function the way God has created you to function in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you that we have more than enough to do, God, what you have called us to do. Because you know what we're in the need of, God, even before we ask, God. You are our shepherd and we shall not lack. We shall not want, God, in any area. Because you are our supplier, God. And you know what we need, God. Thank you, God, for giving us our daily bread on today in the name of Jesus. Now, God, I thank you that as you give unto us, God, we give unto others in the name of Jesus. And I thank you today that we are lenders and not borrowers. We are above and not beneath. We are the head and not the tail. God, we're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the fields. We're blessed in our storehouse. God, our wounds are blessed in the name of Jesus. Everything our hands touch is blessed in Jesus' name. 
God, you have given us the power to get wealth. And the blessings of the Lord makes us rich and adds no sorrow to it in Jesus' name. Now, God, I bind right now every mind-boggling spirit. Every spirit that will come against our minds to keep us, God, from not focusing on the things of God. I bind it right now in the name of Jesus, and I loose that we have the mind of Christ in this place. Let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you and we praise you, God. And God, as I go into the teaching today, I thank you that as I open my mouth, you have already filled it. I thank you for giving me the tongue of the learned, God that I may speak a word in season to those that are weary today. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you and I praise you that the word comes out like a fire and it devours everything going on around us. It's like a hammer that's breaking the rocks into pieces in Jesus' name. It's like a two-edged sword in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful, God, that you chose me. I didn't choose myself. So, Lord, I submit myself unto you on today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord has a word for the body of Christ on today. And I believe the word that God is bringing today will heal you, will prosper you, will deliver you, will set you free. Who want to be free? Guess what, though? We're already free. We're already free, but sometimes we need to tap into what we already have, right? So today, we're just going to tap into what God has already provided for us through his son. How about that? We have to remember on a daily basis what we have. Let's look at Romans, the sixth chapter. You know what I love? I love it when people are just saying, come on with it. Come on with it. I'm looking at Apostle Cross on that front row, and she's like, okay, now give me that scripture. Give me the word. Give me the word. (laughs) Romans, the sixth chapter, verse 13. Romans, the sixth chapter, verse 13. And the word of God now reads, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Let me read it again. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Today, I want to talk about what are you succumbing to? What are you succumbing to? When the Lord had given given me this, you know, first of all, we have to check ourselves. I believe sometimes we try to give somebody other people things, but we have to check ourselves to see what we are succumbing to. And in order to deliver a message to you guys, I have to be checked first and foremost. We don't want to deliver messages unto people and we got things in our lives that we're doing that we should not be doing. And it could be some simple things that we don't recognize that is sin. Succumbing means to yield to. It means to submit to. 
It means to give into. So I'm going to ask you, what are you yielding to? What are you submitting to? What are you giving into? And I'm going to tell you something. This message is just stirring in me. My belly is just leaping even before I even go further into the word. It is because we have to understand that the ones that are saved, that have accepted Jesus into their lives as their Lord, as their Savior, as their Master, that means that when you accept someone into your life that's over your life, that's who you succumb to. That's who you yield to. That's who you submit to. That's who you give into. They above everything else. And the Lord was showing me how we stay, we live in a fallen world. I want you saved folks to know, just because you save, don't mean that you're not going to go through. Because because of who you are, you're going to go through some things in your life. Don't think that things is just going to bypass you. Things are going to come in to try to attack you, but you don't have to succumb to those things. See, we're thinking that, you know, I'm saved. You know, things ain't going to come get me like they're going to get. Yes, it is. Things are going to knock on the door of your house. The things that knock on your door, you got to know what belong to you and what don't belong to you. And if it don't belong to you, you don't succumb to it. That means you don't yield to it. You don't submit to it. You don't give in to it. You don't invite it to come in your house and take a seat. We're inviting too many things in our house to take a seat. And what makes me spiritually angry is I say, folks, think that we're better than anyone else. What am I saying? Just because you don't do what somebody else do, you're thinking I'm okay. Yes, you're saved. Yes, I'm going to put it this way. You might miss hell. I say might. I say might. The reason why I'm saying might, because we got Christians still succumbing to the world and saying, I'm saved. We got Christians doing things outside of the will of God and saying, I'm saved. I'm going to break it down for you today. Because once you are translated out of darkness... And you're translated into the kingdom. You're brought out of darkness, translated into the kingdom of light. You don't go back over there. We got some people that's mixed up. I mean mixed up. We got some Christian folks that think I'm saved and I can still live in darkness. We got people that's saying, I know I'm saved, but your life ain't lining up to what you're saying. You come in here at the right time today. God's going to root up, he's going to tear down, but then he's going to build you back up, amen? He got to get rid of that residue. He got to get rid of those lies that the enemy has told you to tell you it's okay to be this way and be saved because that's a lie. See, when I go into the word of God, there's a change that begins to take place because the word is what quickens you. The word is what brings life to you. And without this word, you will not be quickened. I don't care how saved you are. You cannot live without your spiritual food. Christians are living without the word and say that they're living. No, you're not. You're dying. 
Because without this word, you're going to die. And without this word, you can't die daily to yourself. You got to go into this word to make sure that there's nothing that you have succumbed to. Let me break it down. Some of us have succumbed to stuff so long, it has become natural and you think it's normal. And you're walking around like it's normal, like this is the way that I should live. But someone that has been succumbing, submitting, yielding, giving into the word, you walk by them and they say, oh, that's that don't smell right. You don't even have to say nothing to them. The Holy Spirit lets them know that person is not where they need to be. And this is why we. The ones that's in the word, that's before God, that's seeking him diligently. We don't let our brothers and sisters, the ones that we say our brothers and sisters live in sin outside of the will of God. And we're going along with it. Uh, 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 uh. That's not the love of God. Because when we see someone in a fault, we're supposed to go to that brother and sister and we're supposed to speak truth. In love, how can you let somebody be around you doing stuff that they should not do, saying, Lord, Lord, with one mouth and cursing with the next? But I'm still saved. I ain't saying that you're not saved. I'm just saying you're mixed up. So let me bring some correction in your life. The church need to be corrected. People don't want correction. This is when they start, stop coming to church because they're tired of being corrected, say folk, because they want to continue in their mess. What I don't hear ain't going to hurt me. What you ain't hearing is killing you. People say words hurt. I'd rather have the word of life to cut me up, hurt me, so I can crucify this flesh, so I don't have to go back down that road again. But some people want to continue to do what they're doing because they're enjoying that and they think that's a part of living. They're thinking that's a part of life. You don't come into the house of God to live the same way you lived before you knew him. You come in here to make sure, God, I'm still doing what you will have me to do. God, if there's something that I'm not aware of, speak, Lord. Your servant want to hear you. Speak to my heart. I ain't worried about nobody else. God, I know what I need. I ain't worried about what she done last night. That's between her and you. But God, maybe I'm missing something because my mind is too much on her instead of putting my mind on you to know what I'm not doing. Y'all better take y'all mind off everybody else and say, God, I want to know about me today. I can't go out and witness if I got things in my life that ain't right. Some of us are going out to witness with unforgiveness, with strife, with all of these things that we should have letting go of. But we're thinking, oh, I can still do what I do. You know why you still do what you do? Because it become a ritual to you. It becomes so much a part of you. You don't think that you need correction, but everybody else do. Come on, quit telling people be angry, but sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. That's what the word said. Check it out. And then you left home angry. But we think we okay. We think we helping somebody else and just curse your husband out. 
But you're telling somebody else, be angry. The devil got you fooled. He got you wrapped up. But you said, I'm going out to minister to the lost. Hey, you act like you lost. But the word will find you right where you are. But God began to show me this. And how God showed me things, because last Sunday we talked about how our thoughts can control our lives. And if we keep allowing these thoughts to come and come and come, we're taking that thought, and that thought has control over us. So I was walking my dog one day, and the enemy kept coming at me and coming at me and coming at me. And I'm just, I just kept walking the dog, just kept minding my business. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit rose up in me. He said, what are you succumbing to? I'm like, what? Guess what I did, y'all? Y'all know we go to school, but we forget sometimes what words mean. I say, hold that thought. I'm going to go look that one up. Woo! I looked that up and submitting to, giving in to, yielding to. The Holy Spirit said, if you ain't going to get rid of the thought, you submitting to the thought. You giving in to that thought. Sometimes we let thoughts just go because we think, I got this. No, you don't. Because if you had it, you would bring that thought to the knees and say, oh, no, you're going to bow down. That's not what the words say. This is what the words say. I don't succumb to you. I succumb to the word. So God let me know. So see, I'm telling you, when I be bringing these messages, God don't be playing. God will show you exactly where people are. So let me, let me go back to the beginning and, and catch you guys up. Some of you that need to be caught up because if you're in your word, you, you're going to be right where I am. When we look in the beginning, and I'm saying we're living into a fallen world. Do y'all know people around you don't think they're living in a fallen world? And if we as Christians, as the ones that are born again, if we don't bring the gospel, the good news concerning the kingdom, and allow the power of God to come through what we're bringing, people will still think that they're okay, that they don't need God because they have everything that they need. We're living in a fallen world. People that have money don't think they need God. People that have relationships thinking they got the man or woman that they need, they don't need God. People that want children, they got children, they don't need God. People that got cars or, you know, all these material things, they don't think they need God because that, they think this is exactly what I need. When you go back to the beginning, y'all know how God spoke things into existence that did not exist. And we know he did it by faith, right? We know the worlds were framed by what? By the word of God, but it was done by faith. God didn't do it by his hands. He did it by his mouth. And God would say, let there be, and there was. And God saw what he was saying, and it was very good. And the first thing he said was, let there be light, and there was light. And the light was good. God saw what he said, and it was good. It got to the point it said it was very good. So everything that God created was good. Is that not right? So God, when he created the heavens and the earth, he created it the way that he know it should be. And it was good. It was good. There was no evil present. Everything was good. And after he finished creating everything, remember he said, let us create male and female in our image after our likeness. And then he gave us dominion 
over the things that he have created. He said, I want them to rule and reign over this earth. Why didn't he give it to the animals? Why didn't he give it to the animal kingdom? No, he gave it unto us. He gave it unto man. And not only a, a male, but a female as well. And he placed them in a garden. And the garden that he placed them in, they had everything that they needed to live. That means that was life and life more abundantly. No sickness, nothing. It was just no sin in that garden. How many know that the enemy, he knows that you're in paradise in the kingdom. He knows that you have everything that you need to live an abundant life here on this fallen earth. He know that y'all stay, we stay in a fallen world. But the thing is, he don't want you to know what you have from the kingdom in order to live here on earth. So this is what he did. God gave them one word. That word was what? Not to eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. Why? Because God said everything you need to know is good. I don't want no evil coming in on the good. I want you to see what I have created to be good and very good. But the moment you eat from this tree, there's going to be good and there's going to be evil. I created good and not evil. I don't want you part of the evil. I want you to stay in the goodness of the Lord. That's where I want you to be. But what happened was the enemy know one way I can take back what I believe belongs to me is to mess with the word that God has given them. So he came in and started messing around with the word of God and he wanted to take Eve's eyes off of the goodness and he wanted her to put her mind on the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That means it's all about me. So this is what she did. He said, did God really say? See, he wanted her to take a thought. He wanted her to, to deceive her, to make her feel like that's not what God said. Come on, all of us go through that. We know what God is saying, but the enemy want to cross you up and make you feel like God ain't said what he said. What you going to believe? Look what's happening in your life. So we know what she did. She took from the tree. She gave some to Adam. Guess what? Adam didn't have to take it, but he did. Do you see how one person can mess up another person's life? Then it mess up everybody's. Y'all better catch this. The Bible said that sin entered through one man. Through one man's sin, we became sinners. That means the whole world became sinners through one man's sin. And the world became so corrupt. This is what the Bible says. The world was so corrupt. It was full of evil. It was full of wickedness. Every thought and every imagination of men's heart was, was thinking wickedly all day long. Everything they saw was wickedness. Everything they heard was wickedness. See, they were in a fallen world. But because of God's grace, because of his mercy, there still was one on the earth. They did not fall for what everybody else fell for. See, God had a bloodline. He had a generation. It's always one in that generation that's going to say no to sin and yes to God. Are they going to fall sometime? Yeah, they fall, but they get back up and say, God, I repent. I'm sorry. Yes, Lord. So y'all got to see what the word is saying. When you're in a fallen world, even though you saved, come on, Holy. 
by itself. Don't ever say, I ain't never messed up. I love Jesus. Every saved person in this place from the pulpit down have messed up. Have done something that they should not have done and know they shouldn't have done it or shouldn't have said it or shouldn't have been in a place that they didn't supposed to be in, but they were there. It's a lot of us in here that's been disobedient to God, even on this morning, when the Holy Spirit told you to get up and begin to thank God and you lay there. He who know to do right and don't do it is sin. The Bible says all unrighteousness is sin. First John, fifth chapter. All unrighteousness. What is unrighteousness? Anything outside of the will of God. Wickedness, wrongdoing. Come on, your thoughts, if they ain't lining up with the word, it's sin. You don't even have to say it. You don't even have to act on it. Just thinking it and not casting it down is unrighteousness. So what was happening? God had a plan. He knew they were going to mess up. That's just how much God loves us. He know we're going to mess up. So God had a plan of redemption before Adam and Eve even messed up. God had already had a plan, and that plan was his son, Jesus Christ. Where am I going, y'all? Let me tell you where I'm going. For some reason, we got people thinking that they can live any kind of way and be saved. I, I'm, I'm, I ain't confused. I ain't confused. I know I ain't confused. But I believe people are just downright confused. Because they thinking I can stand and say I confessed with my mouth. And I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. If he raised him from the dead, ask yourself, why did he die to be risen? He didn't just die to be dying, y'all. Come on, y'all. I don't know about y'all. But when I know what somebody done for me and how good they've been to me and I think about how good they've been for me, that would stop me from going back where I was. Uh-oh. When I know what Jesus done for me, when I know how he had his only begotten son, now, y'all, this world was so corrupt and God was going through the generation finding one righteous, just one. And y'all know there was Noah after all of this and God spoke to Noah and Noah had to hear God. Guess what Noah was in the midst of? He was in the midst of wickedness. He was in the midst of a world that was doing anything, but Noah chose to stand on what he believed. Come on, do we have one believer in the house? Come on, just one believer in the house that's going to stand for what the word says outside of how family treats you, outside of how your peers treat you, outside of how your money look and your body feel. Are you going to stand for Jesus? We're so worried about how people perceive us, then we just lose our salvation. My friend don't like me, so I'm going to have to act like my friend act, cut up like my friend cut up. Jesting is even a sin. I got to cut the fool. I got to crack a joke. 
Paul is doing. I didn't succumb to those things, even in the midst of family. If family say they love Jesus and they over here shaking tails, then I ain't shaking my tail with you. I ain't being in the midst of that mess. Well, you know, you have to support family. I'm going to be like Jesus. They told Jesus, they say, your mother, your brother, and your sister's out there waiting on you. He said, my mother, my brother, and my sister are those who do the will of my father. Y'all can call family reunions, family get-togethers all you want. But when family start jamming and cutting up, I'm out. Because the same family that's cutting up say they know Jesus, but they stand in the midst of the cutting up and they're getting down, drinking, doing everything that is opposite of what they believe, but yet you supporting that mess. Hmm. You can pull out anything you want. I'm going to put it right back in. It's time for the church to come to change. How are you going to win the loss when you're doing what the loss is doing? How are you going to tell them what Jesus is doing and you living the way they doing, living and you succumbing to what they succumbing to? Come on, y'all. People got profit in front of their name. And a prophet is one that is a mouthpiece for God. It's one that hear from God. And this is what they're hearing, the word. And say they in prayer. And say they before God and they're praying for you and you and you. But yet in their house, they're allowing their kids to do stuff. They don't line up with what they say. But they're telling you how you're supposed to live. But you're teaching your kids worldly stuff. Taking them to worldly concerts. Letting them dance off of worldly songs. But yet telling you what you need to do and people follow that mess I choose not to follow that I choose to follow Christ because if he's taking me out of a thing I don't succumb to what he's taking me out of do we fall short Mm -hmm. we fall short in things we say things we do even our appearance falls short But when you get into the word of life, that's supposed to change. Nobody can tell me they're in this good book and still doing what you do. You ain't never been there. Because when you're in the word of God, change is supposed to come in your life. And you don't have to tell people about the change. They know about the change because you live in the change and you're going the other way. Let me tell you about me. When I got saved. Y'all ain't know nothing about his death, burial, resurrection. Only thing I knew was you need to be saved. Okay, well, if you say I need to be saved, I need to be saved. Didn't know what I was saved from. But when something happened in my life, I thought that being saved would help me get over what was going on in my life. I don't know about you, but when depression hits your life and you don't know which day is which and you know you shaking, you carrying on and can't eat, can't sleep, can't work, you're going to choose to bother. Because everybody say he got what you need. But you ain't getting taught about the things that you already have. Only thing you want is I'm going to accept him and I'm getting rid of it. Amen. Uh See, that's what people do. I'm going to accept him and I'm going to get rid of it. I got news for you. 
regardless if you accept him or not. He's still one that will prosper you. He's still done that over 2,000 years ago. I want you to go in the Bible. If you think you got to be saved to be healed, something's wrong. Because Jesus healed and delivered without them being saved. And that's what took them to him. They recognized that he is the one that didn't look at me funny because I was still in my mess. He came and he healed me. He delivered me. What must I do to be saved? Some of y'all are trying to get people right before demonstration is demonstration need to be done before they get right to let them know you in a fallen world but i know a man who can so we got to understand the word of god need to go forth if you don't proclaim this good news and the gospel concerning the kingdom people will die in their mess i don't want my children to die in their mess I don't want people outside of my family to die in their mess. I don't want the church to die in their mess thinking that they're going to be raptured and they're going to be left behind because they're thinking I'm saved and I'm going to miss hell, but you're living outside of the will of God and you had chance after chance to get it right. But about me, when I made up my mind, didn't get to teaching y'all again. Stayed in a house with an anointed man, prophet, apostle, pastor, operated in the fivefold, saw the miracles, saw the things that God did. It still didn't budge me at the time. But when I needed Jesus, all of that flashed before me. So I accepted him. And when I accepted him and found out that what I had was still weighing on me, it was like, well, what's the point of accepting him? I still held on to him outside of how I felt, y'all. Because I knew deep down in my heart I needed him more than I needed anything else. And I remember before I got saved, I would sit to the table with a bunch of women, y'all. And when I would sit with them, everybody who would come through the door, we would talk about them. Mm. Why in the world they wear that to work? They know what that look like? They don't look too nice. They need to go home and change. Then we'll be the gossip table. Did you hear about what happened to that girl right there? Did you hear? No, girl, what happened? So I'm sitting there gossiping. I'm sitting there judging. I'm doing all this stuff. But the day that Jesus come into my heart, I remember I sat at the table that day with the same people. They began to drum up the same conversation and snicker. You know how somebody will laugh under their breath and don't want people to know I'm laughing at you. You hold your head down. When I sat at that table and I saw the same reaction that we used to have, I felt sick on the stomach. I couldn't sit there no more. I got up and I left. I only had 30 minutes, but God had put a woman in my life and she was uh, across town. You know, Burger ain't that big, but I say across because I had to go cross some things to get where she was. I said, I will spend 30 minutes over here versus over here because I don't do that. Uh -uh. When you truly have accepted Jesus with the Holy Spirit in you, you cannot sit among mess. Somebody help me. Somebody please help me. When you accept him, you can't sit with the same people you used to sit with. You can't conversate with the same people you used to conversate with. You can't go with the same people you used to go with. 
because you think you need to be still a part of that crowd. But God sent Jesus into this fallen world to bring change, to show them how the kingdom is. He came to bring the kingdom and he was saying the only way you can get into this kingdom is through me. The only way to the father, you got to come through me or you don't get to the father. You know, I'm going to tell you what I love so much about Jesus and how the father set it up. The father knew that all of us in this room would mess up. He said, I'm going to forgive you for your past sins. I'm going to forgive you for your future sins. And I'm going to forgive you for past, present, and future. Because you've done things in the past, forgiven. You're doing things presently, forgiven. And I know you're going to do things in the future that you ain't even reached yet. Y'all better catch it. And I'm going to forgive that. We can't even get past our past to forgive our ex-lover or to forgive what mom and daddy did, what sister and brother did, what my co-worker did. We can't even get past the past. So that's why we can't even move forward in the present and can't even go towards the future. Because we're holding on to unforgiveness. But Jesus forgave us for past, present, and future sins. He took all of the sins. That you would commit, not some things y'all ain't even thought about committing. Jesus said, put them on me. The father said, I'm going to put all your sins on my son. And when he put all the sins on the son, he said, I'm getting rid of all sin. Understand this. He did this before we even accepted him. He proved, he demonstrated his love, even while yet we was in our sin. He said, bring on all sin. I'll take, I'll pay the price for sin because this sin is separating them from a loving father. So I'm going to die on their behalf so they can benefit from what the father has already provided. That was the greatest change. What did he do? He gave us his righteousness for our sin. Who does that? He said, I'm going to die for the rapists. I'm going to die for the murderers. I'm going to die for the most worst people out there because I love them so much. I'm giving you a chance at eternal life, but you can't have that chance until you come through me because you can't save yourself. None of us in here can save ourselves. Even being saved, if you think you can still save yourself, you ain't accepted what he done. If you still going back to you and you trying to still get it right, you ain't accepted what he's done. But he began to tell me this. The Bible said he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. What? Through him. But I want y'all to understand this. Everybody in this place, you're going to be tempted. You've probably already been tempted. This is why you got to guard yourself. You got to guard yourself on a daily basis because you're in a fallen world. So it's going to be things in this fallen world that tempt you. Because you were a part of that fallen world before you come into the kingdom of God. 
So you cannot succumb to where you were. You got to succumb to where you are. You cannot succumb to where you were. You got to succumb to where you are and who you are now that you in him. And it's time for you to find out who you are now that you in him and the benefits that you have through him. And when you find out all of this, you ain't going to want to go back over here to this. The world cannot heal you. I said it. I'm just going to say it again. The world tried to heal you. They tried to deliver you. They tried to do all this stuff and make you millionaires. But at the end of the day, you end up with nothing. Nothing but heartaches. But when Jesus come, he said, I'm going to give you eternal life. I'm going to give you a life that lasts forever where there is no end. Even when you die, you still living. Oh, ain't that good? But you know what the problem with us is? We don't want to die. God, I done got used to my family, my fam. Done got used to my boo, my boo. Done got used to my nice clothes, my nice shoes, and I know I look good, so I ain't ready to die. I got a lot more to live for because I believe I got some money coming from IRS. So I believe I got a lot more to live for, so I ain't ready to die, God. Just give me a few more years like you gave Hezekiah. But you got to understand the years that Hezekiah had, Hezekiah messed up in those years. So how you think he lived? God, give me a few more years. I ain't ready to die yet. And this is sometimes the things that we tell God and thinking that God is ignorant, done gone from ignorant to stupid. God, I ain't ready to die because I don't think I have won all the souls I need to win. <sighs> Let's check that. You ain't even won one yet. You don't even go out and, and talk to people about Jesus. Now you're telling God, if you let me live, I'll win souls. You'll save self. So we bargaining with God. We want God to do this. And God say, look, I done gave you everything you need, eternal life. So if you died today, you still living. But the problem is, you don't want to die because you don't even want to die to flesh. Y'all, we tore up. I'm going to just be honest. Churches tore up. Churches living in the fallen world, trying to be a part of the fallen world, trying to keep up with the Joneses. The Joneses got a car, baby. Why well, ain't got a car? I still got to drive this car. All my life, I've been driving this old ugly car. Only thing you do is just change the tires and change the oil. I'm just tired. Of, next thing you're going to do is change the motor. Don't you just buy me a car? They done had two cars, and I still got this one. But guess what? The one you got, they won't. Soon as you put a for sale sign on it, the Joneses with the Mercedes, with the Bentley's, is coming over and getting your car. And don't understand why they buying the car. It's ugly, it's faded, but they want the car. Why? Because it's the anointing. Somebody tell you, I, I give you the Bentley for that car. Take it. You doing me a favor. Ignorant, gone to see. You can't even keep up with the repairs on the Bentley, so you're still walking. Free car, but can't even pay for the expense to keep it up. And gave away a car that was in good shape because you done changed everything out and it can go for years. Amen, Athena. <laughs> I know I'm talking right. That's what we folks do. Is that not what we do? It ain't, save folk, it ain't good enough. I got to have more because everybody else got more. Oh, let me say this. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm going to fix this. Some people say, 
Bless the Lord. I don't do that. You don't do it because you choose not to do it. That's a good thing. But you don't do it because your money won't help you fit the bill. When your money is right, you do just like the Joneses. Because you calculate. I pay this amount of money. I have this amount left over money. Ain't God good, y'all? God bless me. No, you bless yourself because you're still basing it on what you have. Go get a car when you ain't got nothing. Go get a car when the Holy Spirit tell you this is walking by faith and not by sight. I want you to pull up on that lot and I want you to go purchase that Bentley. You better know it's Jesus talking. And when you go purchase the Bentley and you be obedient to the Holy Spirit, the Bentley is paid for. Now because you trust in him and not trust in the world's way of doing things, God then gave you the Bentley. You walk on the lot and you say, okay, God, I'm going to purchase this car. I'm trusting you. I know I ain't even making enough, God, to get the car. But because you said the car was mine, I'm going to go in there and believe that it's mine. So you begin to go in there and sit down and say, I come to purchase the Bentley. And the man looking at you like you crazy. Well, ma'am, do you work? Yes, I work. Ma'am, do you know how much that car costs? Yes, I know how much that car costs. But guess what God was doing? God had a plan. Look at your neighbor and say, God had a plan. And while you were sitting there and the man trying to check you out, find out what you make, find out how your credit is all up in your business, finally you said, let me tell you something. I ain't in here because I want to be in here. I ain't in here based on my income. I ain't in here based on nothing but what God said. God said, I'm going home in the Bentley, and I'm going home in the Bentley. And as soon as you say that, an alarm go off. It's a light over your head just twirling, just twirling. All of a sudden, the, the person that's over the whole company come in and said, I had set something up today, didn't even tell my salesman, but you, lady, you, me, yes, you. You came in here at the right time because I was giving away a Bentley and it's yours. Woo, 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 woo. Glory be to God. That's how my God works. And don't think if he's going to give it to you, it ain't going to be taken care of. What am I saying? What are you succumbing to? The Bible tells me that. Let me go here. Go to Hebrews. The fourth chapter, I want you to hear this so we Christians will know this. The fourth chapter, verse 15, listen at what it says. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. So he's having compassion on our weakness. But look at this. But was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let me break it down. The Bible say tempted is enticement to sin. Jesus was enticed to sin, but the Bible said without sin. That without sin says, yet he did not sin. Some people say, of course it's without sin because he have no sin. No, he walked this earth as a human in the flesh. The word became flesh and dealt among us. Don't y'all think women was out there to tempt this man? He's a man. But the Bible says, yet without sin. He was tempted, but he didn't succumb to sin. He didn't succumb to sin. He didn't yield to sin. He didn't give in to sin. He didn't submit to sin. Was sin there? Yes, because he walked the earth. It was a fallen world. But what did he do? He said, I come to bring the kingdom, and the kingdom don't do 
there was a lady that committed adultery. And it's so funny, men. Men going to bring her to Jesus. Men wanted a stone. I believe them men wanted a stone because all of them probably had her. So it's better to stone her to keep her mouth shut than to get us stoned. So they're going to bring, why is it that the lady is always on the camera? Women, why is it when it's a man involved and a woman involved, women, you look at the lady. Why? That's your husband. Let me help you out. See, I got somebody to agree with me today. Toya look like she getting mad. James, I advise you to move, buddy. Why is it that we put the woman on blast? First thing a woman do, who is she? Where did it happen? When did it happen? I don't give you enough. So we want to know how she look. Then when you find out how she look, you wanted that for all of this? See, we got to compare them apples with the oranges. You want it. Oh, what? Snag a tooth, out of shape, drooping, all of the, what's wrong with you? You done lost your mind. You got to be shaking, Jesus. But we want to beat up on the woman. That's your husband. Now you want to beat up on the woman, talk about the woman, talk about how ugly she is just to make you look good because you feel rejected by your man because he took her. We beat up on them women. We beat them up even before we meet them. We done drug them down the road, done stomped on them, done gave them a black eye. Save women too. But we beat up on them, right? But this is what Jesus did. When they brought the woman to Jesus, y'all know he was looking down on the ground, writing something on the ground. And he said, he who have not sinned, including the woman, he didn't leave her out, cast the first stone. What did they do? They had to drop him. Why? Because they knew. I done done some stuff in my life, Phyllis, that I shouldn't have done, that I should get stoned for. Oh, let me check myself. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit checking me up here. I got to do something else. Woman mad at the husband for messing with that woman and you sleeping with a man right now. You got somebody in your life. Man ain't found out yet, but you want to make him feel bad. Because he got caught and you ain't got caught yet. You could have done better than that. But you're doing something even in your thoughts. You're dreaming about somebody you shouldn't be dreaming about. You with your husband, but you with somebody else. But now you mad at him. Okay, let's get back to the woman. They, they dropped the stones, went on about their business. But you know what I like what Jesus done? I want y'all to catch this, saints. Catch this. Jesus told the woman, where are thine accusers? They wasn't there. They left. He said, neither do I condemn thee. What was Jesus saying? I know you committed adultery. But that adultery ain't going to be held against you. I ain't going to condemn you for what you've done, but this is the kicker. Go. Christian folk, where you at? See, we try to pull the grace card. You know, you got a lot of preachers preaching on grace. 
You know, grace done everything for you and you appropriate this grace by faith and what Jesus done. That's true. But if I know what he done for me, why am I succumbing to things that he have overcome? He said, be of a good cheer for I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying everything that you're going through right now, you should be rejoicing because if I have overcame it, you should be rejoicing and know that you have overcome because I have. So ain't nothing here on this earth that's going to hit you that I have not overcome. So why are you succumbing to it? We are succumbing to too many things that Jesus have already taken care of through his death, burial, and resurrection. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to talk to the ones that's holy than thou. The ones that's so holy, they don't never make no mistakes. They love their wives. They love their husbands. They don't think about another man, another woman. They don't lie. They don't chill. They steal. They don't cheat. They don't gossip. They don't do none of those things. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Because you done done one or the other. And the Bible say if you commit one of them, you done committed all of them. That's what the word of God says. It is no perfect scene in here except in your spirit. Your spirit is the one that got saved. Your soul needs work on a daily basis. So when we look at that, God began to show me this. And I want to hit this since everybody is so perfect. And everybody, you know, so much love the Lord. And we on somebody else's case because, you know, they put something on Facebook. They shouldn't have put on Facebook. But I got news for you. I'm finna hit this. So we're going to bind the fence right now. We can go on Facebook and check people's lives and say what they ain't doing and what they should do and to be doing or what they said and shouldn't have been say, saying because they say, right? Amen. Hello, somebody. Amen. We're going to check people out, right? Then we're going to talk about those people instead of praying for those people, right? But guess what we do that we think ain't sin? Gluttony. Gluttony is a sin. Overindulging in your food is a sin. You eat to live, not live to eat. Eat to live, not live to eat. Some people say, I ain't in gluttony. You know why you think you ain't gluttony? Because you done scratched your stomach as far as it can go. So you thinking now because you're getting full off of 10 pieces of pork chop, it ain't gluttony. Or you go to buffets, buffet all you can eat. Come on, Miracle Temple, we sit there, have conversation, get one plate, get two plates, sit there for three hours, that's gone. Then we back up at the buffet and say we all right with Jesus. But yet we can call somebody a liar and tell them they in sin and you so full, you burping in their face, your food ain't digest long enough, but yet they're in sin. And then you're looking at somebody else's plate and say, oh, I claim I'm just as full as I can be. Then you say, um, you want this piece of cake? Yeah, go and give it to me. Say something now, forever hold your peace. <laughs> That's why he had to forgive us for past, present, and future sins. Because you're going to say, I'm not going to eat no more. I'm going to go on a diet. Then it's a seafood diet because everything you see, you eat. If I just eat a little bit of it, it ain't going to bother me. You eat a little, you ate a lot. Because you're waiting on the other piece. You don't succumb to it. 
You done submitted to it. You done yield yourself to it. Y'all, my heart is grieving right now. It sounds funny, but let me tell you why my heart is grieving. The Lord let me know. Every person falls short in some area. Every person have an issue in some area or another. But they got to want to come out of that area. They got to want to be delivered from that thing that's holding them. And God made a way through his son. So I'm going to give you another one and let you know. Now, we talked about how you can succumb and yield to where you used to be. And this is what's happening now in this fallen world. It grieves me so much when I see people talking about Jesus with one mouth and talking about the world with another. Oh, yeah, I love Jesus. Jesus saved me. Pray for me. God is just so good. He's always been good. And then they look at him and say, girl, we going out tonight. You know, we're going to party tonight. But I'm still saved. Have y'all heard that foolishness? That's why we got to present the kingdom. Or people saying now, if you stay with them, they're your husband. And God honors that because that's who you're going to be with. So you can sleep with them as long as you want. God's going to still love you. God loved you before you slept with them, even before you were in your mess. But God took care of fornication. He took care of adultery. He took care of gluttony. He took care of every sin that we don't even call sin no more. He took care of it through Jesus' blood. And if he took care of it, why are we succumbing to it again? It is because we choose to. It is not because he didn't do away with it, y'all. So we have to know who we are in Christ. Give you an example, Joseph. Y'all know Joseph's life, Joseph's history. We talk about this all the time. What happened with Joseph? We know he went to the pit, right? He got out of the pit and he went to Potiphar's house. And Joseph, when he went to Potiphar's house, Potiphar's wife wanted him. She was eyeing him down, looking at Joseph. And finally she come out and say, lie with me. Joseph said, no. He said, your husband has given me everything in this house except you. And I'm not going to sin against God. That's what he said. I'm not sinning against God. Did that woman give up because he said, God? Let me ask you something, men. Do you think a woman going to give up because you tell her I'm saved and I'm married? Help me. Help me. Holy Ghost, help me. Y'all help me a little bit. Do you think a woman, when she want a man, she going to give up? on what she wants so guess what this woman did she kept coming at joseph but one day she took joseph and tried to get him to lay with her and guess what she did she pulled something off of joseph that belonged to joseph but guess what joseph did he fleed he left the scene men can you say when a woman keep pursuing you can you flee angelo I, I had to get Angelo attention. <laughs> Can you flee? Can you leave the scene, Manny? Because, see, you're going to think about, you're going to whoop my behind. <laughs> Manny said, ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. Manny said, he's going to run faster than he ever ran before. By the time he get home to Julia, he's going to be so much out of breath. And she's going to say, baby, what's wrong? I flee, baby, I flee. That woman was after me, baby, but I flee. Because the Bible says, do not commit adultery. You flee. Why are you standing there letting the woman come all up on you? You already done fell prey to it. Men, come on, please. When you love your wife, 
Hello? I don't hear nothing off here on this far side. Did y'all hear somebody in here? You ain't what loud enough. You supposed to be louder than everybody in here. When you love your wife, Jamie. Amen, Jamie. You're going to flee for your, you're going to be jumping over walls. You're going to pass your house. You're going to be ran 10 miles and not even recognize you ran 10 miles to get away from that woman. You ain't going to stand there and take it. Women, it's the same thing. When you love your husband, you don't sit there and listen to, baby, you look good. I ain't never seen nobody look good like you. Baby, where you from? Baby, did that man know what he got? And you, <laughs> you succumb into that because that's what you want. You flee those things because you know who you are. That's what Joseph done. Come on, you got the purpose. In your heart, you got to make up your mind. That's what Daniel did. Daniel purpose in his heart. He said, I will not eat anything that's defiled. It was in his heart. How did it get in his heart? Because he took the word of God and made the word of God so much a part of him that when things come up before him that was not God, he will not succumb to it. So what's happening to the body of Christ? I'm going to tell you what's happening. It is some people that have accepted Jesus for the wrong reason. You accepted Jesus based on what your grandma said, based on what your family member said, and this is what they said. If you don't accept Jesus, you're going to hell. It's more than just missing hell, y'all. You got to know why he died, why he was buried, and you got to know about his resurrection. And after you know about those things and you confess it with your mouth, you can only confess what you believe in your heart. That means that I have made him my Lord, my master. I'm submitting to him. I'm yielding to him. I'm giving in to him. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. My body is the, uh, is the body where the Holy Spirit is, where Jesus is, where God is. And when I have made my body... His body, it don't belong to me no more. So everywhere I take this body, that's where he is. So who want to be saved and know Jesus and lay down and fornicate? Because you're saying, I'm submitting my body to fornication when you're laying down with Jesus. And then get up and feel guilty. What happened to the guilt before you got down there? It was there. It was there. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. See, a person that's really saved will cast down thoughts. When those thoughts come, you say, uh-uh, that's not who I am. The Bible says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. I get so tired of people saying, it's hard being saved. saved. The way of a transgressor. It's hard. But when you submit to Christ, and you submit to what he's done to you, that's just how you live. And people look at you like, you just too holy. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't go nowhere, don't do this, don't do that. They look at you like, you done lost your mind, you ain't living. Oh, yes, I am. I'm living a good life. I'm living an abundant life. I'm free because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. 
So those are the type of people that's going to pull away from you until something happened in their life. And you're going to be the very one they go to because you ain't doing like other church folks are doing. You ain't saying one thing and living another way. They know that you're standing on what the word of God says. Y'all, I have lost many family members, many friends, many church folks because I'm not moving off of what God say. And I found out, y'all, I'm never alone. Have y'all found that out, Jennifer Simpson? I'm never alone. It don't matter who leave me. He said, I'll never, ever leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you until the end. So I'm never alone. Some of you think if I lose my friends, I'm going to be by myself. See, that's a lie from the enemy. Because he said heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word is going to remain. So we have to stand on his word. What do I have to do to not succumb to the way of the world? Renew your mind. The Bible says, first of all, let me read. Some of y'all probably ready to get up out of here. Some of you right now, I ain't used to all that. She's talking too long. I need this right here. You already got it. Romans 12, 1, listen at this, we went over it last week. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that ye present. This is what we do. We got to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. How do I submit my body as a living sacrifice? How do I present it? How do I yield my body? How do I give my body into who I am now that I'm in Christ? The next verse tell you. Be not conformed to this world. That means that you don't give in to the patterns of the world. You don't give in to the way of the world. But then he said, you can't be conformed to the world, but you got to be transformed. Transformed means to be changed. When we look at a butterfly, that butterfly looks so beautiful. But before that butterfly was a beautiful butterfly, it was a caterpillar. And them caterpillars look so nasty. When you see them crawling on the ground, some must just stomp them. You dead. Okay, I'm going somewhere. We don't like that ugly caterpillar, especially if it was in our house. You dead. You shouldn't have come up in here. You dead. The more we renew our mind, we die to that image. And when we renew our mind, we are seeing who we are now that we're in Christ. So if you don't renew your mind, you're going to still see yourself of who you were before you come into the kingdom of God. God wants you to be transformed and changed. Now, not in your spirit, because your spirit is already changed. Your spirit has everything that it needs. But it's your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions that need to be transformed and changed on a daily basis. And the only way it can be changed is through the word. You have to look in the spiritual mirror every day. I want y'all to hear this. Not every two years. I'm going to say this. Every day, you need to look in the spiritual mirror, which is the word of God, 
so you can be transformed and changed into the image that God wants you to be. God wants you to be totally whole, spirit, soul, and body, not just your spirit. He said, but I want your soul to be whole, and your soul is whole by knowing who you are in your spirit, and it runs through your soul, and it hits your body, and you live in that life that God will want you to live here on earth, and if you live in that life, people are seeing that change, and they they know that you've been transformed and changed even when they curse you out you hearing the word of God saying let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth except communication that's what edifying so God this is not edifying I cast that down and say I want you to know God still love you even though deep down inside you're hurting and you're hearing every curse word you ain't heard before, that's when you go back in the word and say, I need some more transforming. I'm hearing too many curse words. I done cursed them out inside and say, God, love you on the outside. But on the inside, I curse like a sailor. You still got cursors in the body of Christ. And the excuse with curses is, I was raised that way, but that's not who you are. Every word I heard was a curse word, but that don't mean you got the curse. It's just come out of me naturally that tell me where you been. Because once you get your mind transformed, the Bible says that by renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You cannot do that until your mind is transformed. And y'all trying to live on the world's mind. They ain't going to do me like that. They ain't going to get all in my face like that. They don't know who I am. I'll whoop your tail. I may be saved, but I can still whoop your behind. Just because I'm saved, you think I'm going to take that mess? Mm-hmm. A saved person turned the other cheek. When the Holy Spirit say, study to be quiet, they come at you with everything they got. And you sit there and look at them and your expression don't even change. And when they get through, they realize what a fool they made out of their self because you didn't succumb to that. And now you say, may I have a word? I understand where you are now because that's where I used to be. And I understand that the reason why you cursing me out, it's not me. You cursing me out because of everything you suppress. See, the word of knowledge coming up. And you telling them everything that happened in their life last night. You telling them about them being raped and molested. You telling them about being put outside and they're looking at you. And now they're crying. Now, at the end of all of that, they come back and say, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And they begin to admit everything. And they begin to say, what must I do to be where you are? And you begin to tell them about Jesus. You know what, y'all? We succumb to so much of the world that we cannot even minister Jesus the way, and the enemy knows that. He said, if I can get you riled up, they don't want to hear about your Jesus. Because they're going to say, uh-uh, 
I don't want you telling me nothing. Some of us are in a place right now and don't even see it. Some people don't want you in their house because you messed up a long time ago. They don't want your witness because they know how you come at them. You come at them beating them up. You come at them condemning them. Jesus came in love. No matter what a person did, love overcomes sin. Love overcomes a multitude of sin. Y'all, let's quit condemning and begin to love the way Jesus loved. Let's quit telling people what they should have, could have, or would have done and begin to tell them what the word says. The word can speak for itself when you speak truth in love. Yes, they may be fornicating. Yes, they may be committing adultery. Yes, they may be living in sin, but you did it too. But because of the good news and the gospel and what you heard, it brought you out of the place that you were in. For us to bring them out of the place that they're in, they need the good news. And the good news is what will bring them out of that place and power will come from the good news. Not from you, but it will come through you once you acknowledge the truth. And I'm going to leave you with this. Go back to Romans the 6th chapter. In Romans the 6th chapter, I want you to look at verse 6, and this is where we miss it at. Paul started out in verse 1, then I go to verse 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now he's talking to Christians. He's talking to saved folks. He said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. That means no. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Do anybody read that word? Because if we're reading what the word is saying and we get an illumination from it, it said, how shall we? We are the saved folks that are dead to sin Live any longer therein. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ was baptized in his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father. Even so we should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. We shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6 is what I want to give you. Knowing this. This is what you have to know. This is what you have to have knowledge of to live in the newness of life. That our old man, the old man is your old nature. This is the old nature that you had before you were born again. This is this old nature that compelled you to sin. And how that work is when the commandments say thou shalt not. That old nature that was in you when the Bible said thou shalt not commit adultery. The old nature will rise up in you and compel you to do something that the word of God is telling you not to do. So that nature that's in you will drive you to sin. But you got to know that that old nature was crucified with Christ. It was buried. Something that's crucified. Something that's dead. Guess what? It is dead. It is buried. It no longer lives. It no longer have dominion over you. Quit saying the devil made me do it. Or if you had to done this. If you had to slept with that woman. I wouldn't have slept with that man. When you know who you are in Christ, when you know 
who you belong to. Because you renew in your mind, these things won't have control over you. Let me tell you what happened. The old nature died. The one that was controlling you, compelling you to sin, died. You got a new nature on the inside of you. And that new nature represents God, the spirit of the living God. Everything about God is already in you if you're born again. So you don't have that old nature that's driving you. Some people say, well, why am I driven to sin? It is because that old nature that died left behind a way of doing things. Give you an example. If you have a someone in your family to die and you spent time with that family member for years, you knew their ins and outs. You knew everything about them. And when they died, you know they're dead. They're no longer here on this earth. You don't see them no more, right? But in your mind, you can hear their laugh. In your mind, you can hear them telling you, don't do that. In your mind, you can hear different things, their attributes, their character, how they sound, the way they did things. You begin to picture them, right? What did they leave behind? They left it in your thoughts. They left it in your heart. This is what this old nature did. When you followed that old nature, that old nature was teaching you how to fornicate, commit adultery, was teaching you wickedness. And guess what? Your spirit got changed. But your soul, your mind, and your will, and your emotion, why did God put in the word of God, be not conformed? He's telling you to be transformed, renew your mind. So he's knowing your mind still taught, people. That's why you come in the house of God. You're getting a renewal. Because you need, some people, I don't need to go to church. The Bible said that we have to come into fellowship, didn't it? Forsake not what? But people think, I don't need church. You know, the funny thing that I see is people take the day that they should be fellowshipping and doing other things and then want to call on you to pray for. You laboring in your word, you seeking God, they out doing what they want to do. And then when something happens, can you pray for me? I know God can, but right now I just ain't feeling it. I'm saved, but I just ain't feeling You know what? This is the truth. Truth. People want what God got when man can't give it to them. But when man can give it to them, they all up in man's face. God know your heart, y'all. He know what you succumbing to inside your heart. He knows this. God looks at your heart. God searches. The Holy Spirit searches the deep things. You can say what you want with your mouth, but he already know your heart. And I'm going to tell you something. When you spend time with God, Miracle Temple, God show me my sheep. I don't have to be around you. Don't even have to know, know you. But the Holy Spirit will show me you. Because the more time I spend with him, he'll put somebody in my face. And I'm saying, God, why are they in my face? God, why, why are you showing me this? God love you so much, Miracle Temple. Things that you don't see, he'll lay it on me and have for me to pray and say, show them this. Tell them this. But it'll come a time when you're still in your mess and you're not ready to make change. God said, quit praying. Let them fall. They got to fall to know that I'm God because they dependent on you. They dependent on you to get them out. Let them go. What am I telling you today? Quit succumbing to foolishness. 
quit succumbing to what the world is doing. You are in the world. You are no longer of the world. You're supposed to bring change. You're supposed to bring light in the midst of darkness. You don't agree just to keep a friend when you know it ain't truth. You have to give them truth outside of how you feel and outside of how they're going to feel. That's the love of God, y'all. So renew your mind. By getting into the word of God so you can be transformed and changed. The Bible said that you have to mortify, put to death the works of darkness. I'm just going to paraphrase it that way. You got to put to death fornication. Men and women, you don't think that these things are going to come at you? You don't think you're going to be tempted with another woman or another man? You don't think you're going to be tempted with lust and all of these things? You are in a fallen world. And the way you succumb them is by your mind being renewed of who you are now that you're in Christ. Because what you used to do, you would go back doing that pattern and still be saved. But when you want change, you truly cry out to God. And say, God, this ain't your way. This is not the way you want it to be. And God, I know it's wrong, but I need help. I can't do this by myself. God, I go in your word. And it seems like the more I go in your word, the worse it gets. God, I need help. And that's when the Holy Spirit, he will come and comfort you. He will help you get through what you're going through. But you have to want his help. Let's quit fooling ourselves. Quit saying you don't want to fornicate and you still fornicate. <laughs> Quit saying you don't want to commit adultery and you still commit adultery. The way you get away from those things is get out of the midst of them. Whoever that you're dating and you know that they're turning you on every time you pick up the phone, say, baby, look at him. Better not even call you baby. Better not even call you boo no more. Because them words just put me in a position. So what I'm going to do, I got to tell you, I got to fast. I got to be like a Joseph. I'm fleeing from you. Because right now I'm seeing that my body is not in a place right now to even talk with you on the phone. So I'm going to have to leave you alone. I got to build myself up that when I'm in front of you, I know how to keep myself. You can be kept if you want to be kept. But the Bible says you got to keep yourself. The Bible tells you this. You got to keep yourself. How do I keep myself in the love of God? Oh, I begin to pray in them tongues. I build myself up. That's what keeps me in the love of God. You do what the word tells you to do. And even though things come at you, you can resist those things. How? Submit to God and you shall resist the devil. Your first thing is submission to him. Whomever you submit to, whomever you yield your members to, that's whom you're going to obey. If you submit into fornication, this is what get me, y'all. You know what's coming at you and you ain't doing nothing about it. You're just sitting there like, I'm a man. I know what I can do. I don't have to have that woman. I got my boo. Next thing you know, you don't slept with that other woman. What happened to the boo? Because you succumbed to it. You didn't, you didn't speak and let them know what the word say and you didn't flee. So God is saying the only way you can do it, y'all, and I know God is bringing this word in this house for a reason. The only way you can do it is through the word. And if you're in the word, 
you wouldn't be in what you're doing. Because whatever you're doing, it can be found in the word of God. And the word will tell you how to submit. The word will tell you how to love your husband and love your wife. The word will tell you that a talebearer revealeth secrets. So if you're a talebearer, you're revealing some secrets. And don't think that you can go to somebody and say, let me tell you something. Got something to tell you. Don't, you got promise me. You got promise you won't tell nobody. Okay. I won't, now, now, now tell I me mean, you won't tell nobody. I just told you that. As soon as they tell you, you bubbling up on the inside. Can't wait. I'm so sorry to hear that. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, whatever they're going through, Father, we're going to commit it into your hands. You say commit our works unto you and our thoughts will be established. Lord, my thoughts need to be established right now. But I thank you that it's already done in Jesus. Girl, God got that. Don't, don't even think about it. Don't worry about it. You heard what the words say. Commit your works unto the Lord and your thoughts shall be established. Don't even worry about it no more. God got it. Soon as they leave. I need to tell you something. Now, I know you ain't going to tell it because you're holy. You're righteous. But I need somebody to touch and agree with me on this one now. You got to hear this. The girl is married but been gay all her life. In church on the choir. What in the world is going on? You ain't heard from me. Then when the girl come to you, Pastor, did you go tell so-and-so that I was gay and in the... Now, why would you think I would do something like... Go somewhere and sit down. Just sit down before I sit you down. And know that. And then, a fear. Why did you go tell what I told? Well, 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 Pastor, you didn't tell me. Now, I told you not to say nothing. Church folk. That's why the Bible says if you got art, you go to that person. Because you become a talebearer. You're revealing secrets. So y'all, what are you succumbing to? I want you to take time this week and ask the Lord about you. And ask the Lord, what have I succumbed to in my life that I don't even realize myself? What am I allowing to have rule over me that shouldn't have rule over me? God, who am I with that I should not be with? And every time I'm with them, they always talking about somebody else. What am I succumbing to, God? Get in the word. Get your mind renewed. Know what the word of God is saying. Y'all, the more I get into the word, I can't look at nobody. I have to check me. And then I have to ask the Lord, what do you want me to do with this? The word works, y'all. The word will change you. The word will transform you. Y'all think me as your pastor don't go through stuff? Oh, yeah. Y'all think me as your pastor don't know when people are talking that say they love you so much and talking, mm, talking within, not with the mouth. They're flaring up on the inside, and God will give me the battle plan and let me know what's going on even when they ain't said nothing to nobody. Yeah, because God says, some of you say, I don't tell nobody nothing. No, you keep it within yourself. 
And you ain't even doing nothing with what you're keeping within yourself. You ain't even casting it down. So whatever God want me to know that he can trust me with, he'll let me know what you're saying with your mouth closed. Because that's just how much God loved me. Some things that be done here, y'all, in Miracle Temple, people are acting like, why she do things like that? And your mouth shut. I go along with it, but that ain't going to work. That ain't the way, how you know how it should be and you ain't even in your word. And you don't even seek God. Who are you to come against what God is doing? Now I'm going to leave this. You do not have to succumb to sickness. Anything that Jesus died for, you don't succumb to. You don't yield to it. You don't submit to it. You don't give in to it. I'm going to tell you what you do. You go into the word of God and you renew your mind to what he's already done. He's already healed. He's already delivered. He's already set free. He's already prospered. So when I know what he's already done, when a lie come before me and tell me this is what's going to happen in my life, I have to say, that ain't God. I don't succumb to that. That's not what God is saying. I curse you right now at the root. I command you to go right now in Jesus' name because the word of God tells me by his stripes, I was already healed. Before this come at my door, he said, I'm already the heal. Even my finances, they may be tore up from the floor, but I ain't succumbing to what my finances look like because I know I'm a part of the kingdom. So in the kingdom, there is no lack. So I'm going to speak to my debt and I'm going to say, debt, you're going to be moved in Jesus name. And I call forth money to cover every debt. Now, hold it. That means you stay out of debt. You don't call something forth and then get back into the place that you were in. What you do, you call forth from the kingdom of heaven down here to the earth what's needed here and now. Outside of what it looked like in your bank. You don't succumb to what your bank say. You succumb to what the word has to say to your bank. You speak to the mountain. You tell that mountain what to do. Quit telling God what's going on here on earth. He has given you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I have given you the keys to the kingdom. I have given you right and authority to rule and reign on this earth. So get to doing what you supposed to do quit speaking to me God why haven't you healed me why haven't you delivered me ignorant gone to seed he done everything and you know what my God is so good James everything that he done for me he put it inside so I can carry it around darling Everything that he done for me. He said, no matter what state, what city, no matter where you are, whatever is needed, you can call it forth. He said, because I have given it to you, Tyson. He said, I've given you what you need. He said, why are you talking to me about a need and I have given you what you need? He said, just speak to it. Say what you already have. 
But what we're doing, we're succumbing to all of these things and we're missing what God has already provided. God provided the ram in the bush before Abraham took the son. He already made provision. He already saw far off before this was going to happen to Abraham. He had already set it up. That's what Jehovah Jireh means. God provides. He sees far off. That means he provided for you. He already got your life written, Sister Phyllis. Before Sister Phyllis is in a need, God said, baby, that need's already supplied for you. It's already yours. You just got to get to it. I already gave it to you. Give us this day our daily bread. Everything I need in this day, God has already supplied it. My daughter told me she was in college and she said, Mama, what am I going to eat today? I said, well, Ariel, go ahead out and buy you something. No, Mama, I want to save my money. I said, girl, go on out, call that restaurant, let them deliver that food. No, I want to save my money. I said, okay, that's what you want to do. Next thing I know, I get a text back. She said, Mama, God works in mysterious ways. She said, my RA is providing pizza for us. I said, praise Jesus. She purposed in her heart. She wasn't going to spend money because she could. She said, I'm so hungry, Mama. The girl was hungry, but she didn't want to spend no money. God heard her heart, and he touched the heart of the RA. And say, buy some pizza today. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. When you purpose in your heart and you don't move because of how you feel, God's going to sort you up. He's going to give you what you need. But God said, I'm going to see how long you're going to wait on me. I'm going to see how long you're going to trust me. I'm going to see if you're going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I'm going to see what you're going to do. Guess what, y'all? We ain't waiting on God. God waiting on us because he said, I can't give you no more. I done gave you everything. Use what I have given you. Speak those things that be not as though they were. Don't succumb to the world. Succumb to the kingdom. And the more you succumb to the kingdom, you will see everything you need that you already have. Amen. So today, through this teaching, what we've done, we know we don't have to succumb to sickness. We don't have to succumb to lack. We don't have to succumb to all of these things. Y'all heard the word. The word has went forth. God takes joy in the prosperity of his servants. God is our shepherd we shall not want. By Jesus Christ, we were what? We were already healed. He died for all of that. So he's saying you don't have to deal with that when it comes. He said you're going to have to speak to that. You're going to have to tell that where it needs to go. But guess what, y'all? Once you do it, And once you accept what God's done, you got to keep your healing. How do I say keep your healing? You cannot be talking death. You cannot be around people that's talking death. You cannot be around people that's uh, bringing an evil report. You got to separate yourself from those type people. And you got to say, this is what God is saying to me today. Healing report, true story. There was a woman who was sick. And she was succumbing to her sickness. She walked in this shop and she had a a walker and they gave her all kind of medications and she had to stay on it because she hurt so bad. What happened, this lady told her, you can be healed. 
and she began to tell her how this stuff come on her. It was through some kind of um, stuff that they do dealing with massages, y'all. I don't know what you call the name of it. I want to tell y'all this. Be careful when you go get these massages. I'm going to bring the word back to you what word it is. But what they do when they massage you, you know, some of those blocks that they put on your body to draw the heat, they are summons, they are some, what is it, summonsing stuff from the evil world and drawing out of you the stuff that's trying to draw the energy out of you and allowing that to come into you. This woman worked this for years, thinking that it was a good, healthy way of living. By working this for years, everything that was coming out of people, it attached itself to her. So through a word of knowledge, the lady said, do you do this practice? She said, yes. She said, well, when did this illness start? She said, when I started doing this practice. So she told the lady, she said, okay, let's close these doors to what you have, you know, allowed. That's what she succumbed to. She closed the door. She asked for forgiveness. And the lady just said, I command healing to your body. And I command it to come right now in Jesus' name. That lady didn't need the walker no more. Didn't need anything. This is what she told her. Now you got to keep your healing. That means that the enemy is going to make you feel as if you wasn't healed. Remember what I told y'all. Whatever your body go through for so long, you succumb to it. You agree to it. The body feel like this is the way I should be. So you grab hold to that. So when it leaves, you still looking for it. That not true? You still looking for it because you had it so long, you waiting for it to come back. Next thing you know, here come the symptoms coming back. So several months later, the same lady come in the shop with the walker. The lady told her, she said, remember I told you that what you denounce, the enemy, if you don't fill that house, you know, and she was born again, but she still had things that she done that she shouldn't do. It came back seven times as worse. But the woman was still healed. What am I telling you? You have to keep your healing by keeping your mind renewed and going over healing scriptures, not to get healed, but to uproot all of that stuff that was laying dormant so the enemy won't come back with those same lies. So when God healed you, he's healed you. It's a done deal, but the enemy wants you to think like you're not healed. And your body is only going to react to your thinking. Whatever man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so is he become. Don't try to fool God and try to rely on God because something is going on in your life now. Because God loves you outside of what's going on in your life. God is still a healer. But don't try to be trying to manipulate God to get what you want. Because God already knows. So today... Anybody that's in the place today, that's going through, just hear the word of the Lord, that's going through in your body, and you've been going through for a long time, and you've been trying everything that you can try to make healing come. First of all, I want you to ask God to forgive you for depending on Things that you thought that could heal you outside of him. Because that means that you have a lack of trust in him. That means you're saying, I trust you, God, but I'm going to do this. You got to totally trust God to know who he is. 
And if God say who he is, that's who he is. And you got to come to the point to realize, yes, God, I've been in unbelief. Yes, God, I've been in doubt. So I repent of this doubt. I repent of this unbelief. But God, I yet believe you, so help my unbelief. Amen? And if you got any blockers in your life that's blocking you from your healing, if you participated in with the soothsayers, the Ouija board, if you got any kind of darkness in your life, just repent of that darkness and close that door to the dark world. Because some of us have been participating in calling psychics. Horoscopes. It's a lot of other things that we do and we depend on trying to get answers and different things. And if you have participated in those things, just ask God for forgiveness and close that door. Because that means that you have an other gods before him. Amen. But I want you to grab hold to this. I'm going to speak this. And remember, we're speaking the spoken word. The spoken word that's spoken will quicken you. It will bring life to you. It's not going to go back void to God. It's going to accomplish that which he pleased and what he sent it to do and it's going to prosper. Amen. So I speak healing over your body in the name of Jesus. I command healing from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I say be healed, be made whole in Jesus name. I curse every disease And every sickness that's coming against your body. And I command it to go right now in Jesus name. And father now I thank you that we are not going to be. We're already the healed of the Lord. You said healing is the children's bread. So God we receive healing right now. Now, understand that you don't have to ask for something you already have. Know that you have it, and when you have it, you command it. And in this room right now, if you're having financial problems, I speak right now that it is God's desire for you to prosper. It is his desire for you to be in good health and prosper even as your soul prosper so i speak right now that the kingdom of god is debt free in jesus name and we owe no man nothing but to love him in the name of jesus father i thank you that you are our shepherd and we shall not want in the name of jesus now I come against oppression and depression and i command it to go in jesus name and god i thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and I speak peace, be still, in Jesus' name. Now, who in this room believe that you're healed? Who in this room believe that you're healed outside of how you feel? Because guess what? Your feeling will say, I'm still sick. But you know what the word says. So if you go on what the word is saying, you're not going to go on how you feel, right? Your bank account may still look empty. Some of you might have checked it to see if something landed in it. It may still look empty, but you're going on what the word say. The word lets you know that God is Jehovah Jireh. He is your supplier and everything you need. God is already supplied. Amen. So we go on the word and not how we feel. 
Now, this is another thing that we're going to do. Sometimes people need a point of contact. So this is what we're going to do. Everybody up here that's going through in their body, or you feel like you need a point of contact, the Bible says that you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If you need to come up here and have hands laid on you, it's okay. Because guess what? The Bible already said what's going to happen. You lay hands on the sick and they shall what? Recover. Recover. Is that a promise? So only thing we do is what? And they shall recover. So guess what? By faith, since nobody's moving, everybody's to heal, we lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen? So we thank God that you're already in your recovering state. In Jesus' name. Teresa Waddell, the daughter that's behind you that's looking at me, can you step up here? And I know y'all ready to go. But it's all right.